Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The Orange Zone, sponsored by Billy Whitaker Cars and Trucks. Oh man, is it a good feeling to be here. It's tournament week. It's conference tournament week on the Orange Zone podcast. Welcome in. We're presented by Billy Whitaker Cars and Trucks. I'm Tommy Sladek. Joining me, as always, is Samantha Crossan, Lawrence Poetry, and Moten. Brendan Hodges is on the producer mic, and we are your place for all things Syracuse Orange. Make sure you're liking and subscribing on our CNY Central YouTube page. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're watching from YouTube, what up? Holla at you from the Skycam. Let's get into it. Syracuse, Wake Forest in the 8 versus 9 seed game on Wednesday. It's a noon start down in Greensboro. And for these two teams, it's a quick turnaround because it's round two. Because, well, I mean, they just played a few days ago in what was a very special weekend at the Dome. I think that took some people by surprise for not just the end result, but what was just really a uh, it was a special day. I'm gonna open it up to you guys, Lawrence. I know you were you were a part of the festivities. We had the O3 team in town. We had Mello. We had just so many people, and I think it honestly helped contributed to the energy that we felt in that place. Absolutely, Tim. I really felt that you know, all having all the previous players here, and the former, you know, the actually championship team that won it all in 2003 was an amazing thing you know also we can't forget it was senior day mm-hmm. you know so Very much. Uh, a good way to go out for the seniors we came out with a good win you know and we were on a losing streak so what better way to change things to get tend to get than to get a win and we did and that made us very happy i had a very good weekend i got to see some guys i haven't seen in years caught up with some uh some good friends and uh excuse mafia baby for life No, it sure is. And honestly, Tommy, I want to bounce it back to you because you were the one who was on the floor shooting this game. What did you feel like the energy was in there? I mean, from from the start, the thing that caught my eye was warm-ups, honestly. You know, here was this team that I think could not have felt lower, you know, coming off that loss to Georgia Tech. Yet there they were in warm-ups, and they were smiling and having fun more than what I felt like I had seen all season, which was so interesting to me. And, you know, after the game, I asked Judah Mintz about it. He's like, I think we're always having a good time. But he's like, yeah, he's like, vibes were, vibes were high. And I think a part of that was honoring not just the seniors, honoring, you know, GMAC, who would be getting honored after the game. It's like, that's your coach. And you know the, the amount of people that were there that are so connected to this program. And honestly, from warm-ups, just seeing that energy, I'm like, mm-hmm. they're winning it today. And, and you ended up feeling it out on the court because we talked about how I think this team sometimes they're, they're not talking enough. Yeah. They were talking the whole game. Yeah, I, I think so also, Tim. And, and another thing, you know, the watch party that was the night before, uh, the team got the chance to, uh, to watch the 2003 championship game. So to actually see their coach and G-Mac yeah. and, and some of the guys, Hakeem Wark and Melo and all the guys that were there to talk about, you know, that game. 
you know, gave them a lot of more energy, you know, and, and Carmelo told him after the after the actual day was over as far as the watch party, he told him, you know, like, this is, you guys, after watching this, I mean, you guys got to understand what it takes to bleed orange, mm-hmm. you know, and, and just come out here, and, and, and he actually said it. He said, bust your ass, and let's get this victory, and that's what we did. Got that W. Yeah. What did you take away from it, Sam? I thought it was all of the right kinds of motivation. I wasn't in the dome that day, but I saw some of the, not only replays, but also something cool that I thought they did with the production of that, if you watched it on TV, was that they had the side-by-side of Mello and some people walking out of the dome, and they also had um, that same shot from like 20 or so years ago. Mm -hmm. I don't know if anybody saw that, but Mm -hmm. I thought it was cool that they were doing like a comparison side-by-side like that. Um, and, and I think it was just all the right kinds of motivation. You know, we were talking all last week, Mo, and you were saying about heart and right. where is that and bleeding orange right. and having that kind of pride when you go into your home venue and there are all these fans around who are so eager to see you play. And I think it was the perfect storm of motivation that really inspired everybody. I thought it was one of, if not the most complete game that we've seen this team play all season. It seemed like all of the things that we had talk, had been talking about as issues, the 2-3 zone not working as well as it could be at its highest, or you know, the slow start or the slow finish, I really didn't see any of that. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it showed you at this team's highest potential what could be. The question is whether or not we're going to get that in the upcoming week. And the crazy part about it is this is a team that shot two for 14 from three-point three range. Three-point range, absolutely. That is, that's rough. Yeah. But the fact that they were able to get past that and make up for it in other ways, hello, Jesse Edwards, hello, points in the paint. It was very encouraging. And, I mean, you just you, – you, couldn't have asked for a better finish after what was such a bad stretch there. And Moten, you, know, you talk about Cuse Mafia, you talk about the amount of alum that were just in the building and, and in town this weekend. And and I'm sure it's, as you've obviously expressed on the podcast, you're, you're not alone in feeling, I'm sure, the frustrations that you saw over that losing streak. But it did feel like just that, that energy and those messages at the watch party Friday night that there's still that that faith and there's still so much just so much heart I feel like from uh you know from the former players what what do you get from everyone what oh, did you yeah. feel I, absolutely man you know um you know just I mean why can't you get motivated when you hear uh, a guy like Carmelo Anthony give give you a positive motivation and try to give you the the will to to want to win and play hard and and like I said we've been seeing these guys play lackadaisical these past couple of games and. Senior day, you know, Jesse played one of the – I mean, he might have had the best senior day I've, I've ever seen. Oh, my goodness. 27 points, 27 20 points. rebounds. I mean, that's amazing, you know, and it, it was just a good thing. And I'm happy to get a victory. You know, I'm big on Wednesday because when you win, everybody's happy. Yeah, it was great to see. And, and I think Edwards, and we're, if we want to get into how we think SU could beat this team again, which I, I love it. I love that they get Wake again in this mm-hmm, 8-9, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. even more so not to look too far ahead. Miami. Miami. Yeah. We talked Miami. about this. Game. If there was yeah. one team Absolutely. in that top five that we Absolutely. match up the best against, Absolutely. it's Jim Laranega's squad. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I'm feeling pretty good that they're, this is totally the best-case scenario in terms of the two teams for them to be in this 8-9 seed game. And we talked, you know, Edwards just, they had no answer for him. Mm-hmm. I think they tried three different dudes down there on him, and the starter, Andrew Carr, this man fouled out, if I'm not mistaken, with 11 minutes to play. I don't know if you guys remember that, but this guy, he was, he was in and out of there so quickly 
because they could not contain Jesse. And, you know, Jesse was, I would think, was playing with a little bit extra steam because he his, his parents were in the building. Mm-hmm. He had his brother in mm-hmm. from Netherlands. And, and he talked about after the game how amazing that felt for him. And I think it's something that hopefully we get to see carry over. I mean, no, how could you not be fired right? after yeah. that? It really, the it really was. Squad in the building? Whole family's there. Phenomenal performance. I will say it is sometimes tough to play a team twice and back to back. The sure. one difference is now Wake Forest kind of has their number. They got some film on them. Mm-hmm. Now they're going to readjust some things. But yeah, how do you win this game? I think one of the differences is going to be does Wake Forest find that answer for Jesse? Mm-hmm. Are they able to contain him somehow? Mm-hmm. And if they do, who on Syracuse is going to step up? Right. That's the big question. Yeah, that is, that's a very good way of looking at things, Sam. Um, but one of the things that's very important that I think, um, and it's hopefully we can start to figure it out, and it's been going on all year, We there's no go-to guy. Mm. We still don't know who that go-to guy is. Like I said, Jesse 27-20 and 20 is good. But I've also seen eight and six. You can't necessarily yeah, rely yeah, on exactly. it. Exactly. I'm talking about on a consistent Lawrence Moten basis. Right. Right. <laughs> we need. For example. <laughs> we need a poetry out but, there. But it's 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 true though. I agree. But also, what about this? If there isn't one guy who's the guy, how about just more of a collective effort like we saw in this Wake Forest game? Mm-hmm. Judah had 17 points. Joe had 16 points. Jesse had 27 points. That'll get you there. That'll get you there as a collective effort of two, three, four. I mean, at the highest level, just all five guys working out there at the same time. I think based on the team that we've seen, that that is the, the answer and the hope. Yeah, and this is a Wake team that I might mention, you know, that, that we should add came out shooting terrible from three. Mm-hmm. And, again, and you know, they eventually ended up starting to make them. You know, we talked about Tyree Appleby. He was I, – I, uh, Sam saw it. I regrettably tweeted out with 11 minutes into the game, I was like, Tyree Appleby, ACC's leading scorer, zero points so far. I hit sent on that tweet. This man pops up from like 40 feet and just drains a triple. And I'm like, delete, delete, delete. And then three trips down, money, money, money. And next thing you know, what he had like 13 points. I'm like, that's, that's on me. That's my fault, honestly. And so they did end up making their threes, but it's, it's one of those games where we know Wake shoots threes more than anyone. And if those threes are dropping in the beginning of the game, Syracuse better hope that they have some guys dropping too, because that's that's the case where I see this going completely sideways in round two. Is if Wake's triples are falling from minute one and Syracuse's are not again. That is the issue, and I feel like we're all kind of on the edge of our seats waiting to see if that does happen. But another thing in this game, Syracuse had the advantage from the free throw line. They went sixteen for twenty four. Wake was five for or five for six. And you can make even an argument that sixteen for twenty four ain't too hot. Not too hot, but even getting those getting opportunities. Yeah, that's my attempts. whole point. Attempts. It's the attempts. Yes. Right. Like yes. the fact that, and I think again that goes back to Jesse Edwards and mm-hmm. how do you contain him? Mm-hmm. And if you can't, now that's just more opportunities for him to to shoot from the free throw line. Is he a good? Free throw shooter? Yeah, he's, he's gotten much better. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I would say he's one of the betters on the team. You know. And inside presence is very important. You know, um, this game it's a new it's a new era and you know a lot of these kids like the three ball, but to me I've always taught even if you're a three point shooter, basketball is inside out, not mm-hmm. outside in. A lot of these kids play outside in now. So it's a different time, but if we can get forty points in the paint again, that'll be a good sign. That'd be huge. Now if you're Syracuse and you go into this a second time, Moen, I'll open this to you or really anyone. 
do you change your approach or how much do you change your approach knowing that it did work the first time around, but that Wake Forest is obviously going to change some things on their end? Yeah, well, I was always taught if it, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I hear you. I'm, I'm going to go with the same plan, <laughs> feed Jesse, yeah. get him the ball, destroy the paint, and, and, and try to come out with a victory. The Flying Dutchman, man. Yeah. He was getting up there. I would say the same thing. I yeah. love that idea. And I know uh, Hodges... He went ham on our, our notes this week. I don't know if we can see it from the, the camera here. He's got net rankings. He's got quad one, quad two, quad three, quad four. Mm -hmm. So Brendan went off, and I know that he had made a mention and worked with Sam on specifically finding some information about how this team does against Wake in Miami. Is that right? That is right. Okay. A couple different things. I'm what are we working with? Surprised Brendan's been so silent so far. Mm -hmm. um, well... Let's just assume, for the purposes of this, that Syracuse goes up against Wake Forest and they win. I want to look at that Miami matchup a little bit to sort okay. of talk about what it could possibly be. So the history with Miami, Syracuse has won 20 of 32 all-time meetings, but they lost the last three. And you guys may remember that last time out, it was an 82-78 to 78 loss. But it was close. I mean, that game. From the start. Sorry. Time, time for my alarm to stop going off. It was, it was tight. Miami started the game on an 11-2 run in the first four minutes of the game. That's when we were discussing this slow start, which it looks like we have since overcome. Syracuse held a lead at halftime, continued to hold it. But the final four minutes of the game, Miami outscored Syracuse 13-8, forced a pair of turnovers, won the game by four. But you look at all of those mistakes in that last matchup and you think, that's very fixable. I mean, what gave you so much hope? Why were you so giddy when you saw these first two matchups? It was, it was that game, and it was what happened the year before. I believe Miami and Syracuse closed things out to end the regular season, and that one was, even though this time around was bad, Moten, you might remember, last year's was even worse. Mm. I believe they were up 10 with two minutes and 30 seconds left and lost. Came back. Yeah, that was and bad. so... And, and you know what? When they played them on the road, because they had Miami twice last year, it was shockingly similar. I believe that was one of those games where they had that stretch where um, they were routinely up 10, 11, 15 points at halftime and losing a game. So to me, it's just, I think, I think a part of that is just a coach's battle. I think, I think the battle of the gyms, I think Bayheim just matches up with Laranaga. I think they, I think he just coaches well against them, and I think he has recipes for success. That's what you want. You just want a, the, a team that they can go up against where they have a fighting chance, where people feel confident and good about the fact that this is someone who they can go up against and beat. And bouncing off that, what do you guys make of just what we've seen from the Syracuse team over the last few years in the ACC tournament? Because they've come out so hot. And that at least three years in a row at this point. Last year, it was Florida State blew them out of the building. Then we all know the buddy thing, the buddy punch. And still, in that Duke game, it was some of the best basketball we saw that team play all year without their guy, Bayheim. Year before that, it was NC. Yes, yes. It was NC State blew them out. Lost to Virginia on the buzzer beater in that very next game. Year before that, North Carolina. Fantastic game for the Orange pandemic cut the rest of the tournament short that year that was very much a what if but what do you make of these hot starts even if the finishing to the seasons haven't exactly been you know the peak for this team what what do you think's igniting that yeah well if anything i could say and this coming from a former player you know tournament time 
is a it's, it's just a different mental mm. you know it's like taking another step up the ladder you know it's win or go home so you, you you're more in tune you're more intense and, and you're trying you're really trying to come out with a victory and that's that's what i think when when it comes to the ncaa tournament and the acc tournament you know these guys um have a different mindset you know they're, they're a little bit more hungrier not saying that they weren't hungry during the regular season but it's just that that intensity that that brings it all out of you because, I mean, it's like if you keep winning in the tournament, you're definitely in the NCAA right. tournament, and it's nothing like winning the ACC championship, you know, or coming from a former Big East slash ACC guy now, right? You know, winning a Big East championship, it's a beautiful. You're grandfather thing. then. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm grandfather then. Absolutely, yeah. it's it, it's definitely a beautiful thing. So, it's all about um, also. Um, having a good pace, like really taking over the pace of the game. And I think we'll have a chance if we beat Wake Forest. The key is to have a good pace in the game against Miami and not let them, you know, dictate the, dictate sure. the pace. It's, it'll be, you know, we have to dictate the, the tempo of the game. And it's funny what you said because that's the first thing I thought of. I was really thinking back as Tommy was talking about the games and what had happened in previous years. But you and I said this yesterday. To me, it more just comes down to the fact that you said March Madness is one of the best sporting events of all time. It's, it's my favorite of the year. And the reason why I think it's a lot of people's favorite of the year is because there's just so much talent across the board, across different teams, that it makes it so exciting. It really does feel like anybody could win at ev any given time. Absolutely. You know, how about you want to talk about a beautiful thing? I thought St. Peter's basketball last year was a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, that's mm -hmm. a beautiful thing to yeah. know that anybody could have a chance or could go on a run or could make something happen. And I think that's why no matter what team you root for, yeah. you, feel, you feel a little bit hopeful, yeah. like some kind of sense of anything could happen here. And that's not the same across all sports and across all conference tournaments, but it, it does feel like that when you talk about college basketball. And as time's going on, I've learned that you know, while March Madness is synopsis with the NCAA tournament, I've learned, for, I've learned to categorize March Madness as, as the whole piece. Because mm. championship week that we're in right now, the, the conference champions, the, watching these mid-major mm. you know, tournament championships, knowing that you know, it's, it's the Super Bowl, if you lose that... Right. You're you're not going right. on. Yeah. You win that, and it's it's a it's a special moment for the yeah. rest of their lives. And yeah. so to see that night in and night out, it's yeah. a beautiful thing. And you could be in those other conferences. You could be number one ranked and lose and don't get in the NCAA. Right. The right. team that beats exactly. you gets in. So mm -hmm. it's, it's it's a it's definitely a our feeling. But um, looking forward to this this week, especially starting tomorrow. Hopefully these guys will come with a lot of fire and intensity and. It's all about dictating the game. And another thing, with this NCAA tournament, you know, after the ACC tournament, what people need to understand is, you know, um, it's, it's a different time, you know, go back to when I was playing where, you know, you had your prime Dukes, Kentuckys, North Carolinas, you know, who you knew were going to be at least in the Elite Eight. The Blue Bloods. Now, you never know. Mm -hmm. You know, you got mm -hmm. teams. I watched the game last night and Drake. Drake has a um, very, very interesting team, you know, and 
reason why I say interesting is because they have four guys that are 25 years old. Mm. Like grown That's men. That's crazy. Grown <laughs> men. Grown that men is. playing it's against like, kids. So yeah. you, people fail to realize about the little schools that have guys that have played together for four years. It's big time. They're going to give people problems. They're going to give people problems in the tournament. Right, especially when they have that different type of style that the teams aren't used to seeing. I mean, it's it's a part of why why Syracuse has had their success Absolutely. is because it's just such a shock yep. for these teams that never experienced that. And it's, uh, gosh, it's it's... I have chills right now. Yeah. I love this time yeah. of the year, Me man. Too. It's Me my too. absolute favorite. Definitely. And that, to your point, we talk about how, oh, in the ACC, everyone kind of understands and has Syracuse's number on what mm -hmm. kind of defense they mm -hmm. might be facing. Mm -hmm. But that is the, like, the same cannot be said about once you get to the NCAA tournament, oh. and it's people who have never seen it. Sam, you hit it right, a nail, like, we call that a hundred grand, Sam. Great, I appreciate and, that's, you. and that's very important. You two are the are the the, the king and queen of sayings, <laughs> man. It's unbelievable. But, but but it's very important because you know even though we bash the two three zone when it comes tournament time, you know what I'm saying. And those teams that have never so seen long. that two three zone and they get stuck on thinking that that shot is there and they're airballing or clanking. It makes us look good. So, you know, it's a different type of mental. It's a different type of mental yeah. for sure. I mean, even just that, we'll move on. We're, we're, I'm going down the rabbit hole here. But even the beginning of that West Virginia game two years ago, man, mm -hmm. like, you know, Huggy, Bob mm -hmm. Huggins is, is, you know, he's a guy that knows the Syracuse mm -hmm. zone, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But you can't teach that in two days. Absolutely. And my gosh, were they, were the Mountaineers so lost in that first yeah. half? And you watched that. When the zone is when it's perfected, yeah. it is a a beautiful yeah. piece of art. But yeah. we just have not seen the beautiful piece of art too much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this year, hopefully, we'll, re we'll remember the beauty and we'll see what happens. We'll find out. Yeah. But Hodges, how you doing, man? What's going on? You still alive over there? I, I am still alive over here, and I'm enjoying listening to you guys talk. I do not appreciate the uh, comment from Sam about me staying quiet for very long. I feel like that's an <laughs> indictment on my character and uh, thinking that I talk too much in this podcast. Don't make it more than it is. Calm down. Sam, we're, we're best friends. You know I can make it as much as I, I want to. Hodges, before we get into, before we get into <laughs> trivia... What's your what's your main takeaway right now? What's what's on your mind as as a fan as a fan of this program and, and what we're seeing right now? I the, the big things for me is that and I know I helped Sam out with these notes today. I have my own ideas as to who's going to have to step up in these next couple of games, especially if Wake Forest tries to take Jesse away. Um, who do you got? And, Malik Brown, actually. Oh, um, okay. He came off the bench against Wake Forest this last game, played 32 minutes. Um, and I'm not sure if that was a senior day thing or if that was a, like, hey, let's switch things up thing. Had four offensive rebounds on his own uh, to Jesse's eight. So if Wake Forest putting bodies on Jesse, Malik Brown's getting the ball and he's sticking it back in the net. Um, and as for what Moten said about just the intensity ramping up, that's great because we don't really see that happen a lot. But the Orange need their bench to help out at least mm. a little bit. This team reminds me of last year's team so much, Tommy where you have the starters doing a lot of the scoring, yeah. really all of it. I have a stat here for you, actually. Syracuse's bench has scored 412 points this season. That's 13.3 points per game. That's 18% of all Syracuse scoring over the course wow. of the season. Wow. And in 14 games, they haven't broken double digits. Wow. Um, they're going to need guys like Justin Taylor to step up, like mm -hmm. Benny Williams or whoever else is coming off the bench, Symeer Torrance, to score because you're not at home. It's not senior day. And you're sure as heck not getting 19 fouls called against the other team at a neutral site. 
That is very true. Yeah, I mean, you yeah. got, yeah. And, and Brown, the eight points, nine rebounds, was it? Something like that? I, I, I love Malik. Mm-hmm. I love Malik Brown. Next year, he'll be a double-double for sure. I agree with you. You know, but um, back to what you were saying, what's very important is they have to play, though. Just remember that. It's hard to get get your adrenaline flowing when you're in for three minutes and then you're snatched. No, I hear you. And so I, I think I, I that's kind of tough. I, I think there that. are going to be times in this ACC tournament where Jim's going to have to go to the bench and say, I need you in there for eight, ten minutes because Jesse's got foul trouble or Joe's got foul trouble or Judah's got foul trouble, and they're going to have to do something. Because if they don't, they're going to lose, and they're going to lose by a lot yeah. of points. I don't believe we saw Samir in this past game, uh, which I did feel a little bit bad for on senior night. But I will say this. I, he stepped up He stepped up uh, in a huge way when Buddy went down. And he took that starting role, and when that was actually the first time that we got exposed to seeing what Joe could do at that two position. Yeah. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, I believe he was in double digits for assists. So he's someone that, with his experience in, you know, Bayheim has said it multiple times this season where he's like, Sai's going to be a great coach one day. He just has that with him. And I think that that experience and in, in just with Marquette and with Cuse, I think we could end up seeing him play, end up making a role here. But I, I love the idea of Malik stepping up. And then I just think you need either Justin or Chris yeah. just to be in there to make some threes. Absolutely. And to Moten's point, honestly, credit to anybody who comes off the bench and has a good performance because it is. It's tough in any sport. Like, I remember, like, for me, it would be being a goalie being outside. So I'm literally just cold, obviously going to Colgate, just standing there. (laughs) Hey, we need you in. The other goalie's in foul trouble. Okay. Like, I'll I'll go in and try and make one or two saves, even though everything's, you know, it's not warmed up. You're not in the rhythm. Your head, you just need to immediately snap into the right place. Mm -hmm. So that's a a tough position to be in. But we'll see what happens. We shall see. Yep. Noon start Wednesday. Hodges, trivia time. Let's go. If they do get through Wake Forest, by the way, uh huh. I, I have a very interesting stat that's in uh, that packet Sam's got. So, Sam, save that packet for next time. If all right. I, the orange do you got tomorrow. it. Trivia time, ladies and gentlemen. As we all remember, last week I swept the competition. Um, <laughs> with, Thanks for that reminder. With, with Grinnell College. Uh, thank you. So, to be so ridiculous. Division four. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm honestly like haven't slept on this for a week. I'm like, do what, division an insane, one, guy. I, I, what an I, I, insane yeah. question. Division one, guy. I mean, we need division one quizzes you know hey division three are uh, athletics finest um, <laughs> if you've seen that movie and you get that reference i i appreciate oh. you coming from a d3 background anyway um so we obviously know that se was playing wake forest back to back final regular season game conference tournament opener who was the last team to play syracuse university men's basketball in the orange's regular season finale and their conference tournament opener wow great question great question great question um it was not last year was again it was miami and then florida state wasn't that year before was north carolina state in the tournament I can't remember who was the last of that that year. I know they played North Carolina State twice in regular season. That was that whole debate, which I don't know. I, I think I don't agree with it where people are like, it's it's really hard to beat a team three times. It's like I've seen it happen all the time. Mm. I don't think it was – two years ago, you, you remember who it was in the season? I think it was North Carolina or Clemson. So let's go back the year before that. North Carolina in the tournament. Regular season, this would have been 2020 pandemic year, right before the pandemic started. And that, that's where I, I'm – oh, man. Did this happen in the past 10 years? No. 
Oh, okay. I was gonna say, what a waste of my I, time. I Sorry knew, about that, everybody. No, I, I just knew you like two or three years. I'm like, just okay. knowing Brendan, okay. this happened 30 years so ago. So it's definitely Big East days because okay. ACC would take us back to 2013. Hmm. I'm going with Notre Dame. Are you? Oh, no. No way, man. Look at that. No. You're kidding me right now. <laughs> did he just nail that? He did. They <laughs> Dude, of course he did. You hear how mad Brian just got? He doesn't even wait. He's not even like, are you sure you want to lock your answer? Oh, my God. No. <laughs> Hodges, can we, get wow. a, can we get a shout out of the, this man's Grizzlies drip real quick? Yeah, he's on right now. This is official. Where'd you find that? You got to sit up. It's not about finding this. This, this is, is given? official. This is official. That's official official. Yeah, it's official official. Oh, that thing's sweet. Yeah. This is older than some of you guys. It's it's one of the better. You kept it in great condition, yeah, man. I thought absolutely. it was brand new. Nah, man. So here's a question for you guys. There's no dry in that. That's it an air is, dry right there. Is the Grizzlies teal like the best oh, yes. color scheme yes. that's yes. no longer part of the NBA? Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. It's yeah. it's the best jersey that got taken away from us, and it's yeah. it's very sad. What yeah. about the New Jersey Swamp Dragons? Who are they? Yeah. There's a Zach Lowe article on ESPN from a couple years ago when the. When the Nets were trying to come up with uh, their name mm -hmm. uh, or change their name or something, there was going to be like the Swamp Dragons was the favorite, and the team was like, "Yeah, we're not doing that." Swamp it, Dragons. Is if you cool. look it up, it's a real thing. I mean, I think Grizzlies, yeah. and I love the Supersonics jerseys yeah. as well. Mm. well. Well, I'm not a hockey guy, but I'm loving that Seattle Kraken. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I like that Kraken. Mm -hmm. It's an octopus, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, but is that what colors, that is? Yeah, that, that is what a Kraken is. Yeah, yeah, the colors are great. Shout yeah, out Nico yeah. Tamurian, man. Yeah, Shout out Nico, Nico T. Much love, What's Nico. up, Nico? Nico T. Yeah, he listens from time to time when he gets a, when he gets a break from his kid. <laughs> but, hey. Shout out Nico, man. Kid. Missed that dude. Missed that dude. But hopefully Syracuse gets that win for him because I know he'll be watching on the West Coast at 9 a.m. Because it's a noon start on ESPN. Got it on the flagship. Syracuse, Wake Forest, 8 versus 9. This was the Orange Zone Podcast. Hopefully we are right back here pretty soon. If they're getting these W's this week, Tommy Sladak, Lawrence Moten, Samantha Cross, and Brendan Hodges. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. We appreciate your support sincerely. The Orange Zone Podcast presented by Billy Whitaker. Cars and trucks, we're out of here. Peace. Peace out.